This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. Hey, my guest today is the Honorable Senator Hillman Frazier, and you may be familiar with his name or his work in the Mississippi State Senate, which we'll talk about a little bit today, but we especially want to honor him today for his resilience and his will to survive. See, one year ago, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, one with a historically low survival rate. And we'll talk to him about how, to, how research, prayer, and faith helped save his life. We'll also talk about some interesting news from the weekend later on in the show. And we hope you'll weigh in on our question today because we have a great question today. It's, it's burning up social media today. And I think it's something that um, is really on a lot of people's minds because one out of three people in this country, and this is according to the American Cancer Society, uh, will be affected by cancer in one way or the other. So, I mean, it's, this is a pretty important show today, and I think you need to stay tuned in. So the question is this. As a friend or family member, do you support or manage a family member who is seriously ill? And so if you do, what's the best way to show your support for a friend or family member during that time? And and I can tell you I have been on both sides of the fence personally. I've been a caregiver, and I have been a cancer patient. And I, I tell you, um, it was a lot tougher, I think, to be a caregiver at times because you felt like you had no control over the situation. When it's you, you know, you're like, okay, I can beat this. And, and you do all the tricks that you can mentally, if nothing else. But it's really tough when you're taking care of somebody and, and you watch them go through a really tough time and you can't wave that magic wand. I tell you what, hot day out there, to say the least. I hope you're keeping, keep your, keeping warm. So that'd be Sharita because she had her heater on in her office today. Thanks, Sharita. That was really Hey, I'm nice. always cold inside. It's like 9,000 <laughs> degrees. It's like the sun out out there right now i know but when you come inside it feels different so yeah but not that much different but I mean, anyway. sometimes when i go out i just sit in my car and thaw out i won't even turn the air on yeah no I, I i the last week i broke the window because i thought you needed rescuing you were in there so it was very hot now i tell you it is warm and uh if you have gotten a shower today um and i'm not talking about taking a shower i'm talking about a rain shower uh consider me jealous at this point because but do shower because it's hot and uh you know how body odors are so shower more more during the summer. <laughs> exactly. This is uh, official shower month uh, in Mississippi, and make sure oh, yeah? <laughs> make sure you get all the cracks and everything everything taken care of. So, right. Uh, probably a little too much information for a Monday anyway. <laughs> but I uh, tell you what, just absolutely warm out there. And I tell you, I got up this morning and did my little workout boot camp thing and just about melted. It was just really, really hot. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But without any further ado... Senator Frazier, it's good to have you in the studio again. Glad to be back. Thank you for having me. I tell you, you've had quite the year. And since the last time we met, I mean, you were diagnosed uh, and you've beaten it and you're beating it. And I just so you look great. You really do. I know this is radio. It's not a visual medium, but you look fantastic. Well, I feel great. Thank you. Just blessed to be here. No kidding. Don't you feel like you wake up in the morning and like, oh, the sun's up. How beautiful is that? Oh, life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. I spend time in a flower garden just looking at the beautiful roses and everything. Yeah. And think about how great God is. Isn't it amazing? Because I, I don't think sometimes people that don't hear those three words, you know, you have cancer, understand that. But it really does kind of change your perspective on little things, you know, that used to annoy you. You're just kind of like, it's not cancer. <laughs> so, so, well, how are you feeling? I feel great. I feel great. I have access to quality health care. I had um, the best possible doctors in the world, uh, health care providers. And so they uh, played a big role in getting me to the point I am today. And they made me very uh, comfortable. I feel very confident in what they've been doing. And I feel very confident about the future. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, that's good. I mean, that's important. Hope is a very, very important part of this process. Father's Day just passed, and how special was Father's Day this year? I bet it was pretty cool, wasn't it? Very special, sitting sitting around with my family members and just uh, holding the grandbabies and my kids, and it was just very special being yeah. with family. You um, you were diagnosed, and, and, you know, I think everybody has a different story on that, but how did you, did, was it just a routine exam? How did you end up getting diagnosed, and how did they find out? Well, one thing I'm very stickler in terms of getting my uh, yearly examination. So I go to my doctors and uh, for my examinations. So I went to my urologist for this examination. So he uh, noticed that my prostate was a little larger than normal and uh, my PSS numbers were not uh, to satisfaction. Right. So he sent me in for a biopsy. And so uh, the biopsy revealed um, that something needed to be done at that point. Yeah, PSA numbers, usually you want it the lower, the better. You want it as close to zero as possible. That's correct. Are you willing to share what yours were? Um, I have to get those numbers. They were pretty pretty high. Yeah, they were pretty high. So you knew instantly it was like, okay, we got to go get this taken care of. We got to get it done. Exactly. So you didn't just say, oh, no, put your head in the sand or anything. You did a very unguy-like thing, and you went and, and took care of it. Well, I knew that uh, my doctor had my interest, my best interest at heart, right. and he was a, he was professional, so I relied upon his judgment. And uh, when he diagnosed, he told me the options what I had available to me. Uh, yeah. So uh, I just went along with what he recommended. But you didn't feel sick or anything like that. Well, I don't know what it is, I don't know what it's like to feel sick. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because uh, this is my first time uh, being, being hospitalized, sick. being sick. Uh, I visit hospitals from time to time. My first time going as a patient. So I, I felt slow from time to time. You have some uncomfortable feelings, but you uh, say that's the aging process. Right. That, that you can't do the same things you used to do in the past. But as a man, you said that's part of the aging process. I'm going to deal with it. Just uncomfortable right now. Uh, just a little obstacle that you have to live to learn, uh, live to learn with. Did your wife encourage you to go to the doctor or was this just something you just said, oh, I'm going to go do it on my own? Well, you have to set examples because I know that um, you have to stay healthy for your family and the folks you represent. So yeah. I make sure that uh, I do take care of those things on a regular basis, right. like clockwork. See, I'm, in my case, I had been told by a plastic surgeon, well, you might want to go get that checked. And about two months later, my wife said, um, if you don't go, I'm going to kick you in the rear. <laughs> so I understand why married men live longer because I, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't be here right now. You know, there, there's some different factors about prostate cancer, you know, like increasing age, family history, African-American ancestry, for instance. I didn't realize that until I was doing a little bit of research. That makes you a little bit more susceptible. So you had a lot of those things in your favor or against you. That's right. I, I was ideal, ideal candidate for it. Yeah. So, I mean, you're thinking, hmm, I may be at risk at this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And also, I had a large prostate he has been treating for several years. Okay. But then a large prostate... Uh, did not um, alarm me because that was part of the aging process also. Right. Yeah, it's the old get up at 3 o'clock in the morning process. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Now, most guys are nodding their head right now. They understand exactly what And you're then we're going on a long trip on a plane. You sit in the, in the aisle to make sure that you can't have access to uh, the bathroom. And and you freak out when they keep the fasten seatbelt signs <laughs> oh, yeah. on for the whole flight. You're like, hey, can, I'm, I, anyway. But then again, I just said that was a part of the aging process. I was right. learning to live with it. Right. When uh, how early how early was it caught? Uh, in my case, uh, it was interesting because um, the initial biopsy said it was benign. So uh, really, the initial biopsy. Wow! But so, um, what made you follow up on that? So my doctor said, in order to give you relief, I'm going to uh, trim that prostate. Yeah, and so he decided to uh, the first tr- surgery to trim it. So once he trimmed it, uh, he found something behind that. Once no uh, the um, tissue came back. 
Wow, that, that, what if you had not done that? What if you had not followed back up? You would have been in a lot of trouble. Big trouble, major, yeah. major trouble. Wow, but you just, I mean, so that was kind of a God moment there. It was a God moment. And also, uh, it was interesting because uh, I'm a GSU Tiger, and my yeah. urologist was an organite. <laughs> so Whew. can you imagine having an organite cutting on a tiger? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's, that's fraught with peril in its own right right there. <laughs> You could have gotten in a lot of trouble on that. So uh, I want to jump in just for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Senator Frazier, you talked about, you know, how it's a personal responsibility to take care of yourself for your family. Uh, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Because, you know, some people just eat what they want. They do things without thinking about, OK, what I do to my body could affect my family someday. So talk a little bit about that personal responsibility. Uh, that's correct, because you have to make sure that uh, you maintain a, le- a healthy lifestyle right. in terms of eating correct things, exercising correct, correctly, uh, getting enough rest. So you have to make sure that you don't become a burden on your family members, that they all can enjoy each other together. So that's why I want to make sure that I uh, maintain my doctor's appointment, maintain a very good diet, exercise, and uh, good, good habits. And also it's very important to Stay around positive people and maintain a positive attitude because that goes a long way, too. That is huge. That really is important. So, I mean, when you when you found out those words, did you panic? Did you think, oh, oh this is it? Or did you have that positive attitude? You said, you know what, they're going to take care of this. Well, I said that I'm all gay either way it goes. Yeah. Because I know I have a good health care professional. I know that my God would be working through that profession to make sure that he addressed the needs that I had in my body. Right. And also, if it didn't work out right, I knew that I'd be ready for the other side. So right. I was okay with that, too. You know, you've the thing that's been amazing about you, and I've watched you for 20 years in the legislature, is that I've always admired your energy. You've always you've always been go 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 go, and uh, I I'd, I'd be honest with you, uh, if I didn't look it up, I would have no idea how old you are. So that I mean, be, but being in good shape probably helped you for the surgery, didn't? That it? did. My doctor's pointed that out because I make sure that I eat correctly. I don't eat red meat or pork. I yeah. eat a lot of salads. I, I eat healthy healthy things. Right. I do a lot of walking, and that helped quite a bit. I didn't have a lot of access baggage going into surgery, so that right. helped me out quite a bit. But but the most telling moment is that when he performed the second surgery, yeah, my doctor told me that he did all he could do, and it was in God's hand at that point. Wow! So that made me think about it. Made me think about it, and I said, uh, "God's got this." Yeah. Oh yeah, He's got this. So I mean, some people would have heard that and thought, "Oh, I'm doomed," but you you realize that that was a, a very positive statement. Very positive. Yeah. Very positive. I knew he worked through my uh, urologist, my, my surgeon, and he did all he could do on his end. But that healing was left up to to my God. We're going and, to continue this discussion with Senator Frazier about a really important topic about his prostate cancer and and, and really an incredible story. And of course, the question of the day is this. What's the best way to show support for a friend or family member who has cancer? And you can always go on on to the Twitter or onto Facebook. Just look for Marshall Ramsey and give your answer there as well. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Of Walk on through the wind Walk on Oh, 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 oh. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm joined by the Honorable Senator Hillman Frazier. And, of course, our question of the day is this. What's the best way to show your support for a friend or family member who has cancer? You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 We've gotten some great comments online and on, on our social media. And you just go to Marshall Ramsey on both Facebook and Twitter. And, and I'll share a couple of those. Yeah. Uh, Karen says, when my dad had cancer, it was really helpful when people would call ahead and ask if he was up to a visit rather than just showing up. And I think that is really good to, to make sure somebody is in the mood to have a visit, um, even though, you know, you're just trying to be nice. It does help to ask. Uh, Linda says, I would have loved someone to bring me a meal, cut my yard, do my laundry, call and just say hello. I was by myself, got pretty lonely sometimes. Definitely. And I love Terry Ann uh, Fielding's is call them cards, small happies, check with the caregiver for more tangible needs. They need help with meals, house, yard, few hours of relief time, whatever. Caregiver is important too. You need to take care of the caregivers. So Absolutely. Um, and Senator Fraser, you said something, a couple things actually before the break I wanted to ask you about. You said one thing uh, that you focused on was eating healthy. Uh, do you have any thoughts about this idea of eating healthy and people who feel like they don't, they don't have the funds or the access to healthy food and are able to maintain a good diet? Well, I find it's more economical to, to eat healthy. Yeah. Um, I don't buy all those big steaks and pork chops and things like that. That's very expensive. And um, salads are very inexpensive, very yeah. inexpensive. Um, just healthy lifestyle, cutting back on salt. You don't have to use salt on everything. I cut back on sugar altogether. So some things I don't have to buy anymore, and that's saving me money in the long run. So uh, eating healthy is a choice, and it pays off in the end. And also, too, when you factor in the fact that you don't have to pay for 12 different prescriptions, that, that saves you a lot of money, too. Right. You're taking yes, good care true. of yourself. That's a big thing. Oh, yeah. But you, it's funny in the salt. You don't realize how much salt is in food. I mean, we were looking at like soy sauce, one tablespoon mm-hmm. was like 1,800, you know, milligrams of salt. Oh, boy. It's like like yeah. licking a salt lick. So it's incredible. But I, it, I, you know, but like I said, you taking by taking care of yourself, even though you got sick, it made you getting better that much easier. And you were showing during the break some incredibly beautiful pictures that were your, that, that was your inspiration to get out of that bed. Tell us a little bit about them. Right. My, um, Grandbaby, uh, Kawaii, uh, came to the hospital with her dad and brother. Yeah. And so Kawaii hopped in that bed. First time she's seeing me in the bed, uh, all strung up with things. She said, Papa, come home. Papa, come home. And my wife was there and other family members. And so that encouraged me to uh, get out of that bed and just come home as quickly as, po- quickly as possible because Kawaii needed a grandfather. Christopher needed a grandfather. And Julian and Gabrielle needed a dad. So I, and Jean needed a husband. And my sister needed a brother, and my neighbors needed another neighbor. So that encouraged me to uh, just beat it. I couldn't sit down and say, whoa, it's me, this exactly. is the end. Uh, I just saw light at the end of the tunnel when I saw them. 
Yeah. How old is Kwai? She's she's, she's really three. Cute. She's so cute. She's three, and she's a talker, too. She is. There were some great pictures of her just all cuddled up with you, and you're just like, you were the big old smile on your face. I was glad to see if she made me feel so much better. But, you know, I when you them. get that diagnosis and you, you hang up that phone, and then you realize, oh, I got to tell everybody. What was their reaction when you told them? Well, I believe uh, he came to me directly. My wife said, are you going to share with the kids? Yeah. Because she didn't know how to react to, uh, react to that. So, yes, I'm going to tell them directly. Uh, my daughter, my son, uh, all of my sisters, uh, my siblings, I'm, I'm just going to tell them directly. Because I told them that um, I was diagnosed, and this is the plan, action plan. And right. things going to be okay. So that was good. You just said you're very direct with them. You didn't beat around the bush, and you just said, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to beat it. Oh, yeah. That's oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, because I think sometimes if you if you get real fuzzy with it or you try to beat around the bush, I think it sometimes causes more stress, doesn't yeah, it? I'm glad that I have very mature children, and yeah. they understood what was going on. Very strong wife, and she was very supportive. In fact, it was hard on her because she had to do things for me that uh, I couldn't do for myself during that yeah. time period. So being a caregiver during that time was very tough on her, very scary because she didn't know what the next day would look like. You've been a caregiver for her before, so you guys kind of swapped roles on that. And that, that had to be kind of tough for you because you were sitting there thinking, wait a minute, I'm used to being very independent, and now I've got to have some help. Yeah, it was quite different because uh, here I'm the man of the house and everything, and I'm not used to uh, folks doing things for me that I couldn't do for myself, bathing me and stuff like that, feeding me. So uh, yeah, couldn't move around. I couldn't turn, things like that. But she was able to do that for me, and she got the strength to do it. Was she a very patient caregiver? Very patient. She was very nervous. I, was she? I, I, I felt her pain, but I, she was very nervous to know what the, the future held for me. But oh. like I said, I had to encourage her also by being a very, very uh, good patient. It's always good too. like I always tell people that when you go to the doctor's office, it's always nice to have somebody in there with you that can listen to what the doctor's saying. Because when I know when when I was in there, this is what I heard the doctor saying, want, 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 like Charlie Brown's parents, mm-hmm. and then cancer, want, want, you know, because so, you, once you hear cancer, you know, it's like no word uh, makes on that. So Right, that's the good thing about it, because she was able to talk to my doctor directly, and yeah. the doctor gave her her, her, her cell phone number, and they were able to have conversation back and forth, talking about the odds, the treatment plan, and all of that. Oh, that's so, great. Information makes things go much better. It is the perfect anti-anxiety pill. It is. It really is. It is. Um, you know, it's not. That, but you know, I don't know about you, but like when I was diagnosed, first thing I did was went straight to the computer to learn about what I had to, to deal with. And, and you probably did the same thing. I did. I did a lot of research on that. Yeah, a lot of research, and also looking at the uh, research that was being done to uh, fight prostate cancer, and also the uh, acting on the hill in terms of funding that was available for uh, prostate cancer and cancer research. Yeah. And how Congress is moving toward cutting back on some of those funds. So oh, yeah. I did uh, become proactive in terms of going back to Washington, lobbying for uh, prostate cancer and cancer funding. You did? I did. Oh, wow. How did, how was did. That, how did that go? It went very well. I had a chance to meet our congressional delegation, uh, our two senators, our uh, congresspersons, mm-hmm. and explain to them the importance of prostate cancer research and cancer research. And they were to put a face on what they were addressing in Congress in terms of how uh, these dollars would affect people that they represented back home in Mississippi. How, what were some of the things that you told them? What are some statistics that you learned? Well, I told them that um, this year alone about 900, uh, over 900 men would be uh, affected, by, uh, would die from prostate cancer in Mississippi. And that uh, because of research, uh, men were able to live longer. They yeah. were able to uh, live in, uh, up to five years or longer because of our uh, research uh, in prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was very helpful. In yeah, doing that. I was surprised, you know, just that, you know, nationally at some of the numbers too, but I didn't realize it was like one of the top 
top ways that people die from cancer. But Bob, a lot of folks don't realize that. But before this yeah. show was will end, three men would have died from prostate cancer in Mississippi. Wow. I'm talking about some of the causes of that. Yeah. There are there different forms of it, or some more aggressive than others. Some forms of prostate cancer, or because you hear about some people they get and they have the surgery, and then, then some people have it, it comes back, and they have to really do a big battle with that. And also it depends on how early detected. Also, exactly, it's very important. That's you know that's so many people don't realize that, and I think that's why a lot of um, mortality rates have gone down over the years. But early detection really truly is the key, isn't it? Oh yes, it is. It is, and also having access to quality health care. Right. Because in the past, I remember growing up, a lot of uh, some of the men had those problems, and they didn't have access to quality health care, and they were not treated properly, and so they uh, expired. Yeah sooner than they should have had, should have expired. Well, you, you were you were just saying, you know, you were thinking, well, this is just, I'm getting older, this is a, something, you know, this I, I've had this condition before. I mean, a lot of people would have said, I don't want to pay the money, I don't want to have the hassle of going to the doctor. But you went ahead, and of course, you do your annual exam, which is incredibly important to do, and you got it checked. That's why you're sitting here right now. That's right, that's right. I'm sitting here because of uh, quality health care, uh, good family support. Uh, very important, very important, and and the power of prayer. Yeah, amen. And also, I, I like to send a shout out to my neighbors. My neighbors are very helpful in terms of sending meals over, being a support system for my entire family. They were there for us. Yeah. When this other thing needed to be done around the house, they didn't say, "Can I do this?" They would do it. They just uh, went ahead and did they, it. They just helped out. They, 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 they were just. A, uh, they're still a big blessing to both of us. Yeah, that's, Big blessing. that is huge too to oh, have yeah. somebody be able to come in because, you know, you don't realize it, but suddenly you're dealing with bills. You're dealing with, you know, having to take care. I mean, stuff starts falling through the cracks very oh, quick. Yeah. But they noticed something's wrong because one of my routines is to walk my dog every day. Uh-huh. And when they noticed I was not walking my dog, but Gene was, they yeah. said something is going on. Exactly. Something going on. It's like, well, we need to go cut his grass <laughs> right away. <laughs> on that, This was a statistic that just jumped out at me, that it's, it's the number one cancer diagnosed in our state and the number two cause of cancer deaths in the state. That's correct. That's correct. Incredible. I had to point that out to, con- to our congressman also because they didn't realize that. I didn't either. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, some some cancers get a little bit more attention than others, and so you you obviously know more about it. I know um, we had breast cancer in our family back in the '70s, mm-hmm. and nobody talked about it then. Now, of course, it's very much talked about. Thankfully, uh, and but I mean, this is something that I think a lot of people just don't know much about. Right, and that's a good thing why I was able to get it because I had I had a chance to uh, educate uh, not only my congressional delegation but also the public about uh, how uh, serious uh, prostate cancer is in this state. Yeah, I was able to just go around and talk about. It. In fact, I, I'm getting comments from men every day saying that I'm glad that someone pointed out that men have problems too. Right. Uh, folks think about women and breast cancer, but men have uh, a cancer that is affecting us uh, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, is there? I'm wondering what what is, what's the cause of prostate cancer? Does it, they know? Is there anything particular? Is it diet? Is it what that, that causes that? It's a combination thing. I'm not an expert on this, but heredity. Um, African Americans yep. tend to get it uh, a little bit more. A little bit more. Uh, veterans uh, who are exposed to Agent Orange. Uh, oh, yeah. Those who fought in World War II, the Vietnam War. A lot yeah. of them are exposed to it. Um, the chemicals in our foods. Mm-hmm. Um, exposed exposed to things like that. Yeah. So, it, you know, of course, here you eat a healthy diet, so there's, there's not a little panacea out there to say. You know, you you talked about the power of prayer. What would you find more comforting, the people or the prayer or the combination combination of both? It's a combination of both because um, you know that people are praying for you every day because they want you to uh, beat this. Yeah. And I knew that um, we serve a very, very, very strong God who will answer prayer. 
Yeah. And then he was using this to um, have one-on-one with me while I was covering, telling me what I can be doing to um, bring this issue to the forefront, to save other men um, by making um, research more readily available. Right. And also I was able to do a lot, of, a lot of research in terms of how long it takes to come up with a drug to treat prostate cancer. Right. It's not uh, uh, something you just go in a lab and just all of a sudden you have to feel forward. You're going to have many trials and errors. It's going to be a very expensive proposition in terms of uh, research and how it's going to be uh, uh, taken, uh, tr- uh, all these trials. It's very important in terms of uh, maintaining uh, the road to ending prostate cancer in this in, in this country. You know, one of the things that I had happen, I, I don't know about you, I, I didn't have quite as much calm after I was diagnosed. I probably had about a year where I was had a lot of anxiety. But I figured out there was a word called hope that helped me. It was humor, opportunity to serve, physical well-being, and educate yourself. And you sound like you've pretty much done all those. Um, you, you had them all. But the thing I think that impresses me is how you've paid this forward by going out and talking about it. And I mean, this is usually cancer, something a lot of people don't like to talk about. They get kind of, it's kind of a private thing or they get to where they get to, they don't want anybody necessarily to know, but you've been very public about it and getting up there and actually going to Capitol Hill and talking about that. That's pretty admirable. Right. And I also knew that June was, was uh, me and health month. And mm-hmm. I said, this is a grand opportunity to me to educate men about health issues and yes. the importance of being checked, seeing the doctors. So that's why I went forward with this article, to make sure that men knew the importance of uh, being checked and how prostate cancer affects more men than we uh, think about in this state. Yes, uh, If you go to church, uh, if you look at uh, the church bench you live sitting on, more than likely some person is going to be affected by prostate cancer on that bench you're sitting on. Wow, that's incredible. Incredible story. We're going to continue this conversation with the Honorable Senator Hillman Frazier. Of course, the question of the day is this. What's the best way to show your support for a friend or family member who has cancer? This is You give us a call at 877-MPB-RING or 1-877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Don't get you 
All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. I hope you're staying cool today. It's uh, a little bit toasty out there. It's kind of like living under a tongue. Let's say it's hot, muggy, but that's all right. It's Mississippi. We're used to that. And the good news is we're actually going to get some rain over the next couple days. That'll be good and cool things off. Very, very uh, glad to have the Honorable Senator Hillman Frazier in with us. And we're talking a little bit about his prostate cancer. And, and that leads us to the question of the day. And I think this is an important one. We're getting a lot of great feedback on social media. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook or you can find me on Twitter. Marshall Ramsey, pretty easy to do. And this is important. What's the best way to show your support for a friend or family member who has cancer? And that's also another question. If you are a cancer survivor, we'd love to hear from you. How do you stay positive and remain hopeful during your fight? And I can tell you on a personal experience, that's a very tough thing to do when you're facing your own mortality sometimes and you're, and you're looking at that. Of course, we're all facing our mortality. We just don't realize it. We're oblivious. And I, I think faith is obviously a very important part of it, at least in my opinion. And for me, it was learning to laugh at the very things that scared me, uh, to say the least. So it's, it's a tough thing. But we'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call on those questions. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Senator, I, I tell you honestly, um, I'm, I'm pretty pretty impressed that you're you've done well. When you got that diagnosis, you told your family, and they were awesome. I mean, your family's obviously rock star quality because some families it's it's a tough thing to to get that blow to hear that news. Um, you were supported. How did your fellow legislators react when you when you found out? Well, a lot of them didn't know. Yeah, really. Because I was diagnosed while we were not in session. You were not in session. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so um, my staff person knew. Yeah. In my office. But um, because of my privacy concerns, she did not share that with others. So uh, a lot of my legislators just didn't know. Wow. Okay. So you didn't like get besieged with tons of get well cards and everything. No, not at all. So, but when you came back, you know, everybody's like, they found out and they went, really? Well, some are just finding out. They're just now finding out. Some are just finding out. Wow. In fact, I went to a meeting just, uh, just a few weeks ago and one of my colleagues said he didn't realize that I was going through this. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know either. Because so, it's yeah. not a woe is me proposition. Right, exactly. No, exactly. Because it can't define you. Exactly. It cannot define you. Right. Oh, yeah. So, and it definitely, I, but I think what has defined you is how you faced it and how you are facing it. That's because I had a very strong support system. Right. It's that huge. helps quite a bit. I always tell people it's not, don't make the story about falling down. It's about how you got back up. That's right. And I think there's a lot of truth to that as well. Because there's enough, uh, there's a lot to accomplish the next day. Yeah. You have to live for the next day. Exactly. Exactly. Now, we talked a little bit about your granddaughter. She was amazing, and you had that family support on that. Today, are you still recovering? Are you still in treatment? What's going on with you? I'm still in treatment. I just completed my radiation treatments last week. I was getting five days a week radiation. Uh I'm still uh, taking medication. I'm still uh, getting injections every other month, so that's still going on. How's that been? Does that make you feel tired, or does does that slow you down? You've got your hair. Everything's looking good there. Still have the trademark mustache. Yeah, I still have that because the, <laughs> the radiation didn't take place there. Oh, that's true. Okay. Very good. <laughs> good point. We will, well, not, <laughs> will not do a follow-up on that question. But, uh, no, no, um, but, 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 but everything's going well. I, I, my, my doctor's very positive. I'm, I'm very optimistic about what we are. And I also had a chance to meet some very, very good healthcare professionals, the nurses, the technicians, um, the receptionists. I had a chance to uh, talk to them. Yeah. And I also had a chance to uh, talk to a lot of the patients who were going through the same things when I was going through my radiation. I had a chance to share with them every morning. Before uh, I get before I went in, 
I've heard statistically how incredibly important it is to have that kind of support group of people that are following your journey. And you got it just by going in and, and doing your treatment or by kind of hanging out in the, in the, in the lobby, getting ready to, to be zapped. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. on that. And of course, um, I, I just think it's amazing that it hasn't slowed you down. No, it has not. Uh, like I said, it's not going to define me at all because there's still work to do. And, um, yeah. So you, you obviously see life a little bit differently now. Is that gonna is that gonna influence your decision? That, I mean, influence how you see the world next session. I appreciate uh, life, and also it's gonna make me fight uh, very hard for some health issues in this state. Yeah, because like that's the number one issue we're gonna have to address in this state. Right. Yeah, because you know, look at the budget. Of course, we're in the middle of a budget crisis. We don't have enough money. There's gonna be a special session tomorrow, so you will be busy. You're mm-hmm. probably just now finding that out. Um, but obviously, it is a big chunk out of our state budget. Is that medical is going up? It is going up. Yeah. It is going up. In fact, uh, they're looking at that in the, on the, the federal level, too, in terms of how to uh, reduce the cost to the states. So right. we have to get that. So do you think a little Ben Franklin might be in order? A little, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? <laughs> We're going to have to put money in prevention yeah. and also education, too, because once we educate our public in terms of how to prevent certain things and how we're exposed to certain uh, our risk factors, certain things, yeah. uh, they, they will make the, the right decisions. And you yeah. said, yeah, you said that you were up, obviously lobbying to get more money put in toward research. Is, is it not much money being put in toward research right now? Well, the problem when you look at uh, the federal government, they're looking at cutting in certain areas. Right. And problem with council research dollars is that part of the uh, money pool is in the Department of Defense. Really. And some of the uh, senators don't think that they should be funding council research through the Department of. Of defense. In fact, Senator Gun, uh, John McCain just a couple of weeks ago offered an amendment to remove council research dollars from the Department of, of Defense. Which is it's ironic because he is a cancer survivor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, Senator Kirk out of Illinois did uh, successfully oppose that and they're going forward with it. But it's not been finalized yet, but we have to make sure that we don't cut back on dollars for council research. Right. Because they can't find a cure for council like they're doing in other areas. Yeah, I mean, I know with like with melanoma, which is what I had, they mm-hmm. are made, they've made huge strides just oh, yeah. in the last five years. And some of it is, is you know, training your immune system to see the cancer cells and attack it instead exactly. of having to be zapped by the radiation. Mm-hmm. So there is hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's important. It is. Definitely, to say the least. Um, let's see. I mean, that's, that's some of the things you're doing. I mean, what are you going to do going back into the next session? Obviously tomorrow is very focused. It's about the budget. What, what are some of the things you see about doing maybe next session about introducing, you can introduce any legislation? I'm still studying, um, what we can do on the state level in terms of, um, coming up with different resources to assist cancer patients in Mississippi and also looking at the healthcare uh, problem we have in the state in general. We do have a lot of obesity, high blood pressure problems in this state. We have to address health concerns in this state. And also we have to look at uh, issues affecting women in this state. In the last session, uh, we were very successful in uh, talking about breast, (coughs) breastfeeding rather, about breast cancer, uh, how it benefits uh, our students in the state at a very low cost, Mm saving the state money. So we have to look at things in terms of educating the public in terms of what we can be doing to save money in the long run. Well, I know the health department got their budget cut considerably, but a lot of departments did this time. So it's obviously there's going to be hopefully some turnaround on some of that. I can't believe, you know, I was looking at this number. You've represented the 27th district in the state Senate since, what, 92, 93, somewhere in that department. That seems like yesterday. Who's counting? I know, exactly. I mean, you were just a kid. 
Oh yeah. In fact, I spent most of my life in that building. Yeah. I started as a staff person, worked four years as a staff person with Buddy Newman and members of the House of Representatives. I served in the House for 13 years before moving on to the Senate in 93. So yeah. I've been there quite a bit. You've seen you've seen quite a bit of change, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we still have a lot of changes to see in this state. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever see a speaker quite like Buddy Newman again, will we? That's kind of, but believe it or not, Buddy Newman, um, uh, he changed in his latter days. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I said, when... Folks first realized, saw Buddy Newman, he was standing with the Bar- Ross Barnett, a big segregationist. Yeah. But he did appoint Robert Clark as Speaker of the House. That's right. And like I said, he did appoint uh, Fred Banks as Chairman of Judiciary B um, in, in the House of Representatives and other black chairpersons. But he educated himself and he tried to adjust to the changing climate in the state when uh, black folks started voting in the state. He recognized that. Yeah, he did. And then course, it was hard to believe that Tim Ford came in, and, and then, of course, it's hard to believe Tim Ford's not here anymore. Yes. I mean, that was so sad, to say the least. But, yeah, it's been a lot of change. Of course, uh, Billy, you know, McCoy came in, and now mm-hmm. we've got Philip Gunn. So you've gotten to see a lot of history and a lot of change. You you do a lot of traveling. You've been doing some traveling recently, and where do you plan to go next? Well, I'm going to try to stay in the state for a little while longer, because before I was diagnosed with cancer, I was going to take my wife to China to just walk on the Great Wall of China. Oh, yeah. Because what happened, Mark, is that uh, she retired from Jackson State. And I said, this is a per- perfect time for us to travel together because she was restricted. Yeah. But the time she retired, I was diagnosed. And so uh, she had to spend that time being a nurse. Right. And so uh, I took up too much, of, so much of valuable time during that uh, retirement time. But she, uh, she gave up one full-time job and picked up another one, right? <laughs> she did, but she realized that retirement was not for her, so um, she yeah. went back to work after I, I started uh, uh, looking better. And, of course, you're probably going to continue to work as long as you can continue to work. But I'm still going to leave uh, gas in the tank for my grandchildren, yeah. Hawaii and Christopher. Oh, yeah. And their parents. So that's important. That's important. <laughs> Gabriel, that. Well, I mean, look what you're getting back from them. Of course, you know, you're getting those hugs and so forth that help keep you going when you're trying to heal a little bit. Uh, classic cars. You're a big uh, classic car. You're almost like Jay Leno. You kind of have like a real love for them. I love them. In fact, I'm trying to finish up um, a truck uh, by December. So by, you, by, resto- by you restore July. them yourself. I, I, I went to Hans Community College and realized that yeah. uh, I went there uh, two nights uh, two nights a week from five to seven from from, from uh, four to eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, now five days a week from four to eleven uh, for two years. And I got a degree in automobile collision repair technology so I can learn how to um, work on these antique cars. Some folks like to play golf and stuff like that. Yeah. But once I um, retire and have more time, I'm going to spend more time uh, restoring these old vehicles. So what are some of your favorite ones you've restored? Well, I'm still in a work in progress. Um, right now I'm trying to finalize this 1965 GMC pickup truck long bed that my father drove. Oh, cool. Uh, when he passed away, uh, he always wanted to uh, have a nice truck, so... I plan to have it finished uh, this summer. Yeah, this summer. So I'm very pleased about where it is right now, and also the support I got from um, my instructor at Hands, and also some of my classmates at Hands who um, got in there with me to make sure that I learned to do it the right way, and uh, they filled in when I couldn't. Yeah, well, we're talking to, with Senator Hillman Frazier on this. Of course, tomorrow there's a special session. Talk a little bit about that. What's what's it all going to be about? It's going to be about the 2016 budget. There's a gap. Um, there is a shortfall in revenue, and we're going to have to address that. Otherwise, there's going to be some massive cuts uh, that uh, we shouldn't. 
allow at this point in time. Right. Uh, the shortfall, I'm told, is between 60 and $75 million. Uh, the latest figures uh, will be out today. They should be out by now. Yeah. And so we're going to address 20, the 2016 budget in terms of uh, trying to cover that gap. Uh, we might go into rainy day fund to come up with that revenue or whatever, but the problem is that we're going to have to go in and do something before July one, and yeah. so that's why we're going in um, tomorrow. To well, there's that. also too because there was uh, there was um, an error in the estimation going into 2017, so we're already like like 50 million dollars behind going into 2017 too. So you uh, yeah. definitely have to patch some potholes. That's right. And also, there's a question whether or not what there are a question whether or not what we did was constitutional based on the AG's opinion. So yeah. we can get that also. The whole special fund sweep that came right. on too. So you're gonna have a busy day tomorrow. Yes, we will be there. But you, you thank got, God I'll be there fighting. Exactly. That's the good news. You're <laughs> going to be there, and you're going to have lots of energy. Senator, thank you for taking the time with us. Well, thanks for having us. And I'm glad you're doing well, and we'll continue to send up our prayers so that you continue to heal. I pray for the family. Pray for our country. Pray for our state. God Amen. bless you. Amen. Thank you, Senator. Appreciate it. And, of course, the question of the day, what's the best way to show your support for a friend or family member who has cancer? We'd love to hear from you. one 672 7464 This is now your talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. I hope you're managing to stay cool because it is a bit toasty out there. And, you know, we were just talking with the Honorable Senator Hillman Frazier a little bit. Of course, he's he's a prostate cancer patient and he's a survivor. And he's a no, he's not. I take that back. He's a thriver because he's doing quite well uh, with his treatment and he's doing um, incredible. Uh, but I think there's something that's really important, and I think this is a question that a lot of people out there have lived through. What's the best way to show your support for a friend or family member who has cancer? And, um, you know, and it, it can really can go beyond cancer, too, because, like, for instance, um, when my brother-in-law, who passed of ALS, uh, when he had it, my sister and my brother-in-law looked at each other, and my sister said to him, said, so what am I going to be? Am I going to be your wife or your full-time caregiver? And he looked at her and he said, well, I kind of want you to be my wife. And so they luckily were in a position where they could hire caregivers for part of the day so that 
she could go to work and then still be able to come back. And of course she took care of them the other hours of the day. And, and of course they had a great support system also. And I think that's something that, um, anybody who's sick needs to know that you have people out there that are looking after him. The senator was talking about how his neighbors just stepped up. Yeah. They, they, they didn't even have to ask them. They were out there and said, oh, they realized something was wrong when they saw Gene, his wife, walking the dog. And they realized, oh, he's always walking his dog. Something we, we need to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's important. And that's something I think we're lucky here in Mississippi that we actually know our neighbors for the most part. You know, some places you just open up the door and you drive in and close the door and you never really get to know the people. But here we're pretty lucky. We've got that kind of everybody wants to bring you a casserole and take care of you kind of deal, which is one of the blessings of living here. Uh, and that's incredibly important. But, you know, we've had a lot of great responses on on social media, too. And I've been very impressed. Um, and I've seen firsthand the um, the the work that goes into being a caregiver uh, reminded of when my grandmother had to take care of my great grandmother. Yeah. And I mean, she just expended all of her energy to taking care of her because she was returning the favor. You know, all this time my, my, my big mama had been in good health and then suddenly she wasn't in good health and my grandmother took the responsibility. And uh, many times she got tired, but she never gave up. And it was just an amazing thing to see yeah. um, how, how dedicated and committed people are when they have to go into survival mode, you know, to help yeah. take care of others. So it is important to take care of the caregiver as well so they won't get worn out. It can be exhausting. It really can. And, you know, I'm kind of in an, a weird situation. My parents aren't very well right now, and it's and I'm 400 miles away. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like eating a dinner with a fork halfway across the room. That's yeah. the length of the room. Sometimes you feel like you're doing that. And it's tough because you worry. But you're right. I think that strength that you get is coming straight from the fact that it's just pure love. And absolutely. And that really does make a big difference. And I've always kind of joked about my wife that, you know, if the second I got sick, she dropped me in a nursing home, you know, just because I, I annoy her sometimes because mm-hmm. we've been married 23 years. These sort of things happen. But, you know, the, I was in the hospital like three months ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wake up like at 11 o'clock at night because I've been like super sick and I wake up and there she is sitting there. Hmm. You know, yeah. So and and she was she had the pillow and it was right over my face. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. No, she didn't do that. She's all, she's awesome. She's a rock star. So well, so, Emily, uh, in response to our question of the day, when we asked uh, how to be there for people who are experiencing cancer or sickness. She says meals, checking in, watch the children while they rest, and cash because cancer and I'm sure other sicknesses are expensive as well. So I thought that was interesting. Boy, that's the truth. But yeah. it is it is you know we were talking a little bit about with, with the senator. And there's just the thing is you get so stressed out and you get so focused and people don't realize that you have like so much brain space that you operate on every day. And suddenly like a third or maybe even more of your brain space is now filled up with this, you know, cancer or whatever the deal is. So suddenly stuff starts falling through the cracks. So it's kind of nice to have somebody that can come forward and help you out. Makes a big difference. Absolutely. Um, and you had something that you want to share about Pat Summit. I saw a story about uh, her health was declining. Pat Summit, uh, many know, was the coach for the Tennessee uh, Lady basketball team for a very long time, and they experienced a lot of success. And I'm not sure if she's been sick for a while now. Or she has. She's okay. had, she had early onset uh, dementia, Alzheimer's type, and has been diagnosed. I guess she's probably around 2011, 2012, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I did over the weekend, I read in the Knoxville News Sentinel, which is, of course, the, and it was later in USA Today, and it's been all over the media, that legendary UT basketball coach Pat Summit is not doing well. According to the article, her family said that she would die today or tomorrow or within the year. And apparently everybody who knows and loves her has been flying in to see her 
over the last few days. And I think anybody who's been in that situation with Alzheimer's knows um, the last days are very particularly tough and, and, and particularly cruel. And so they're in right now. They're saying goodbye. She suffers, like I said, early from early onset dementia, and she's quietly faded for public view. She really was out there. She coached her last year, even after the diagnosis. Uh, but anyone who's had a loved one with dementia knows it's a tiring and very, very painful journey. And I'm going through it right now. My father has it, and it's been uh, very difficult. He's at this point in his life, he still has a sense of humor, thankfully, and he knows me. I'm I'm in college right now, but he knows me. Um, but it's it's you try to find the humor wherever you can. But at this stage. She's past that, and it's really tough. Now, I got to tell you that when I went to the University of Tennessee, um, and I worked for the student newspaper, the Daily Beacon, I'd occasionally eat in the basketball arena's cafeteria, and that was right near where the paper's office was. So several times I'd noticed that Coach Pat was sitting by herself eating so that one day I gathered up that courage to say hello. And she invited me to sit down with her, and she started asking me all kinds of questions about myself and my studies. And, and, and I found out, to my surprise, that she liked some of my cartoons that were published in the school newspaper. And she was actually a fan, and that, that meant a lot to me. And then she asked me if I, want, what I wanted to do, if I wanted to do that for my career. And I looked at her, and I said, yes. And then she proceeded to give me some great life advice. I wish I'd had a tape recorder. Now, she was a tough basketball coach, but I can tell you uh, that she's one of the kindest people that I met while I was at that university. I was there for five years, and I can't remember anybody of her stature stopping to talk to somebody who's me, like me, who was just a peon, you know, just a little guy. But she had a few minutes of her day, and she looked at me, and she started giving me advice, and she was fantastic. And I tell you, I was a fan before that conversation, but I'm a huge fan now and will be forever because Pat summit is an incredible lady. She was one of the most important people on campus. She took that time to talk to me. And I think that's something we all need to remember because sometimes we think we're too, maybe too big or too good to talk to people, but she, she didn't think that way. Uh, I was just a random student, but now I'm just a random student who's lifting up his prayers for her as well. And God bless Pat summit and all who love her to say the least. So I tell you, um, it was tough. It was tough news to see that. And, yeah. Uh, I tell you what, and it, I've been talking about it being hot this morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, this morning, the workout, it was very hot. And guess what? Marshall didn't do so good. Uh-oh. Marshall doesn't sweat good. But you know what? <laughs> I'll keep pushing. I'll get by it. But man, my son and I, we just about melted this morning. Oh, man. But well, you, at least you're out there, you know, working and not sleeping like I was this morning. Yeah, but you don't, <laughs> you don't need to be in shape. What? No, you're in that good shape. That is a you're ridiculous in good shape statement. <laughs> no, you're in you're in your terrarium right now, sweating off the pounds. Ah, uh, so, I still I, I do I do need to do a better job of working out. I do. I know, but you're busy. Yep, you're that's right. my excuse. Exactly, <laughs> I love it. All right, great show today. I want to thank the good senator for coming in, Senator Hillman Frazier, and I want to thank Sharita for producing a great show. This is, of course, a production of Mississippi. Public Broadcasting coming up next is Southern Remedy. This is Now You're Talking, and we will come back at you next Monday. Have a great week. 